Hey guys, it's Betsy with Faith and Flip Flops. Remember, I told you October was going to have a much different vibe than my usual fun-filled glossy blogs and podcasts. We're going to be hearing domestic violence survivor stories. They're not fun. They're not going to make you laugh, but they will bring awareness to our flock. I ask that you be bold in sharing these stories because these survivors went beyond bold to open up their wounds to share with us. Together, we can make baby steps in awareness and change. Together, we can save lives. And now, Root's story called Root Says Game Over. My childhood would never have indicated what would come later in my life. I was an only child, and I lived a perfect life, adored by my parents, traveled often, made good grades, and answered to the pet name of Root. I was definitely a mama's girl and longed for extra time from my dad, even if it meant doing boy things like shooting and hunting. My dad, however, preferred to take my boy cousins, and it broke my heart because I never felt good enough. I know a lot of that had to do with the health issues that surrounded me from an early age. I struggled with stomach, kidney, and female issues, endured many tests and surgeries, and was told that I may not achieve my dream of becoming a mommy. I always wanted my happily ever after, but was afraid that my health would stand in my way. Most romantic relationships were lengthy, but always ended with me being told that I was too nice, that I was clearly marriage material, but they were not ready for that. I always got my heart broken, and all I wanted was a serious relationship that would lead to the happily ever after and provide the comfort I so needed. I had absolutely given up when a friend told me there was a guy on Facebook that she wanted me to meet. The only information I had was that he was a good guy and had a child. My mom immediately said, no, this boy is nothing but drama. Don't do it. But I did. A man with a child had to be ready for a commitment, right? He was so sweet. He was so into me. He messaged me and always wanted me with him. And I loved every second of it. Other than the fact that he drank, and I did not, it seemed perfect. I was willing to overlook the party animal factor, but decided not to hold that against him. He began going overboard at the parties that I went with him to. The more comfortable he was that I was his, the more he drank. And then he began allowing the devil to come out and I could see it. One night I put him to bed and he told me, I could punch you with a sheet over my fist and it wouldn't leave a mark. I thought it was alcohol talking and he needed to sleep it off. One evening after our friends left, he flipped out on me and began throwing things at me like lamps that would shatter. I ended up in the fetal position with him spitting on me, degrading me, cursing and heckling me to try to run. 
I did run and locked myself in the car and watched in horror as he slammed his fist into the truck and listened to him threaten to kill himself. Then I got 30-plus scary calls saying if I would not stay with him that he would kill himself. I still truly felt that the alcohol was the problem, and I gave him an ultimatum, me or the alcohol. I quickly noticed his mood swings and depressed episodes, but thought he needed me by his side to help him through and show him that I was there. When things did not go his way, whether it was losing a video game or him thinking a man was looking at me, he would have an outburst that involved punching, throwing things, and yelling at me. During these scary, crazy times, his pupils would dilate and his entire eye would go black. Veins would pop out on his neck and he would ball his fist up. He was like a demon. He began freaking out if a guy liked something on my social media account, but flipped out if I got near his phone. When I was able to get a peek at his phone, it was full of intimate pictures and conversations with other women. His answer to my questions were, I'm so sorry, I'll change, and well, that's what you get for snooping. Yet, he promised he would get better, and I wanted to help fix him. So I hung in and agreed to marry him. Certainly, knowing I was his wife would be faithful to our vows would help him and he could get better. I found out I was pregnant four and a half months before the wedding. He was excited. Well, as long as the baby was going to be a boy. One week before the wedding, the gender ultrasound was completed, and it was a girl, not the boy he was demanding. He pitched a fit in the room, yelling and cursing, and continued it to the parking lot where he beat on the dashboard of my car while I took him back to work. It horrified me for our baby, and I called the wedding off. But I let him back in my head, believing he would change. The wedding that I dreamed of was a day of misery. He did not change. He hated the baby. And every time a friend got pregnant with the right gender, he went nuts. I would kneel on the bed with my huge pregnant belly and pray for God not to take my baby away because the daddy was so ungrateful. All the while, he was spitting on me and cursing at me and God. My baby girl was born, and he stayed angry with her. I had to keep her quiet and out of his way. Even then, he required physical intimacy every single day. No matter the health issues that plagued me, how tired I was, or if the baby needed me, he had to have me every day. And then I was pregnant again with a nine-month-old that my husband already hated. I obsessed about the sex of the baby to the point of making myself sick. You cannot imagine my joy and relief when the gender ultrasound proved it's a boy. I could not wait to tell him. I was so excited that he would finally be happy, but he never lifted a hand to help with that child or his daughter nor the house. He refused to babysit. The responsibility of everything was mine to bear. He went through job after job because he always lost his temper at work. We were poor, and the money he brought in was his, not mine or the children's. 
I had to beg him to cut lights on and was told when I had a job, I could use lights. There was no working anything but work from home stuff for me with everything related to the house and the children falling on me. Had it not been for government assistance, because he could not hold a job, and my parents, we would have been on the streets. I was trapped in a house with a crazy man who berated me for not doing anything in the house, even when he saw me cooking his special workout dinner while holding one child and another at my feet crying. His help was to yell at the kids to shut up. Life was beyond miserable. I walked on eggshells thinking I was the problem. I can even remember begging him to just hit me because the emotional and mental abuse was so horrible. I was told over and over that the kids and I would never make him happy and never be enough for him because he wanted things that only money could buy. One day, after suspecting the infidelities for years, I finally had proof, and at church that Sunday, I felt like God very clearly spoke to me. I moved myself and the kids in with my parents, honestly thinking he would be on the doorstep soon and was prepared for battle, but it did not happen other than what I considered mild harassment at that point. He embraced the bachelor lifestyle, leaving me to fend for the kids and the bills, but I would rather be poor and happy than living in hell like that again. At home, the kids and I could breathe. I was living for my children and God, but I was no longer so depressed that I did not want to get up in the mornings. He did try to turn my friends and family against me and succeeded in some cases, but they can have him. I am okay with that. Those people will see him for who he is soon enough. I have been judged and fussed at for walking away from an abusive marriage, a marriage that had I stayed in would have killed me and or my children. I know I'm biblically correct in my decision as a husband has definitive orders on how a wife should be treated. That is not what I experienced. Two parents are not always best. I would rather them to have one healthy mom than to have the children experience what I did. And one of the best ways to break that cycle was to be strong and walk away. When I began losing faith in God, he showed up big. He carried me when I could not walk. He carries the three of us today. I have done a lot of research now that my mind is clear. A lot of abusers are narcissists. They can ruin every piece of your being until you learn that you are enough. They think they are never wrong and work hard to make others believe that you are the liar or the over-embellisher. They can even make you question your own sanity. That is how they maintain control. I am here to tell you that no one can fix a narcissist. I know because I worked harder than anything in my life to fix him. The game is over. My kids win, and we are dancing in the winner's circle now.